Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone it is jay scott and it is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast welcome back got a great show for you today we're going to get into that soon but before we do please don't forget to write us a review when you're done listening we always appreciate your feedback and also remember we are part of the pantheon podcast network a great network of music related podcasts including the official metallica podcast the metallica report so please check out that and all the other great shows on PantheonPodcast.com. You can also find them on social media at Pantheon Pods on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can do the same with The Hook Rocks on all three of those platforms at The Hook Rocks. So please check out that. Please uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. Whatever you can do. It's always appreciated. And also don't forget to set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episodes right to your phone. Uh, we've had some tremendous episodes to really start the year off. We just had Ryan Roxy, who's the guitar player for Alice Cooper. He was on uh, on Monday. We also welcomed Don Jameson, former host of That Metal Show and now of That Rocks. We did the Ten Commandments for rock fans. So please listen to that episode and abide by the rules that we set forth through the through the thoughts of Heavy Metal Jesus and Heavy Metal Moses. So please, uh, please uh, again abide by them, or you will be sentenced to a eternity of K-pop in a never-ending loop in your mind. Uh, also, before that, we had Joe Satriani. We also had Stephen Piercy from Rat talking the 40th anniversary of Out of the Cellar. We had the Gems, Tuck Smith, Todd Dammit Kearns, and a whole slew of other Starbenders. Actually, Kimmy Shelter just joined us too, which was a great episode, and. We've got a return guest for you today, uh, a band that I have just been captivated by over the last several years. Every time I go see them live, there's more people there, which is always a great thing. And they're one of the faces of the new way of rock. And they've got a little bit of a different sound with their first few singles off their next album. And we're going to talk to Matt Curtis, better known as Cat, from Blacktop Mojo. What's going on, man? How are you? 
Uh, man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Jay? I'm doing good. I'm doing awesome. And uh, thanks for uh, doing this. Looking forward to talking with you oh, about yeah. the stuff and what's going on with the band. Hell yeah, man. Glad to be back. So you guys are on the verge of releasing a new single, but you released a couple so far. and That's right. I think the biggest thing that is noticeable is the sound. It's a different approach for the band. It's a cool approach. It's more Southern rock than more the hard rock, modern rock that was before. How did that tra- transition come to be? How did that, how did you guys determine that's where the direction you guys wanted to go? So um, some of the songs that are on this new album, uh, we started a couple of years ago, even when we were still living together, but most of them started with just, you know, an acoustic guitar and just some, uh, some words that Matt or somebody would come up with. And, um, we just kind of took this approach differently with this album. We normally in the past four albums, we would spend like months doing like pre-production, all of us getting together and hammering out each song so that when we went into the studio, it was like they were already ready to go. Just, and we just record them, bam, 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 knock them out. Cause as you know, in the studio, time is money. So this time, though, we kind of uh, had the uh, uh, the privilege and advantage of like having a little more time, like we weren't so uh, constrained by those rules. And so this time we pretty much just took the skeletal structure, like I said, just a few words and like the basic, you know, basis of a song just uh, went in there and did it old school we just built the song from the ground up in studio and like pretty much this time it didn't give us a whole lot of time to think about it we didn't have the uh the time to keep listening to it over and over again and feel like maybe we wanted to change something it's kind of like you had to be happy with what you put down in the studio because it was like okay well this is what it's going to be and uh we took a little more simplistic approach we took a little bit more of a vintage approach to these songs and we couldn't be happier with it. Cause I mean, honestly, who wants to hear the same thing over and over again anyway? So I think it's a nice, uh, left turn that we're taking, uh, for this stuff. And, uh, we're really excited for everybody to hear the rest of it. So far, we've had a pretty good response with, uh, the first two singles and we hope everybody equally enjoys this next one. That's going to be a very happy vibe, summertime vibe. So. Yeah, I think when you speak to the evolution of an artist or a band, like you just said, it can get boring for an artist to do the same thing over and over again. I've made mention in the past, really the only band in in rock music that can get away with it is ACDC. And right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, and, and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> no, me neither, man. I mean, I, I dig it. It's uh like from the time I first heard ACDC as a kid, it's like when you want to listen to ACDC, it's like you're going to, that's what it is. It's, it's them. It's their sound. It's just rock and roll, just straight up in your face, what it is, man. And it's just, uh, I mean, for them, it, it that that's what they are and that's what you want to hear. And that's what you expect out of them. So it's kind of like, yeah, if I'm going to listen to ACDC, that's what I want to, that's what I want to hear, right? Yeah, yeah. But getting back to the original point about evolving, you know, it's it's hard for an artist to kind of stay in that box that fans want them to stay in, right? Right. It's, it's very difficult because you guys are evolving as people. You guys have experiences that are changing and new experiences. So it makes sense that as you grow and get older that you're going to want to do something different and do music that may be a change from the past and not everyone's gonna like it everybody knows that but it also should be you you should embrace the artists that that are willing to do that i always admire a band or an artist that does go for something that they haven't done before because that shows that they're 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 not just used to just mailing it in because some bands do that after a while they just know their sound I guess the question I have off of that was knowing when this direction started and the feel of the music was different, 
Was it difficult for you guys to really embrace it? Was it just something that you guys were just going through or was there a lot of hesitancy with, wait a minute, this doesn't sound like us. This is something different. Um, okay. So when some of the first song ideas came around, like we did have that question of being like, well, is this a mojo song? But then we're kind of like, yeah, it is because we made it. And even though it's completely different than like some of the stuff we've done in the past, it's like, we're not going to like limit ourselves to being this one thing. Like we're a rock and roll band. And in this day and age, rock and roll covers so much spectrum. It's like, you can pull from so many different sounds and influences, but you can also just come up with something that is a cluster of all of it. And so yeah, we definitely had those questions a little bit at first, but then we're just like, you know what? Like, nah, like it is ours. Like this, it's, it's Matt James singing and it's the rest of us playing the, and creating the, the, the music behind him. So it's like, that is Blacktop Mojo. Um, and yeah, like, I think honestly, at the end of the day, like we all came back around to being like, oh, this is, this is great. Like, this is, this is awesome. And we're really happy with the result, even though like, like you're saying, at first we had those questions, but then as we went on, we're like, yeah, no, we're, we're totally cool with this and just embraced it and enjoyed it, really. When I first interviewed Matt and I later interviewed you, I mean, you guys were all living in the same house in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How has that dynamic changed and has that change led you to this point of a different style, you know, making a left turn with your music. Right. I, I think it definitely has. It's we've had to make adjustments as far as like, you know, sending ideas to each other separately or, I mean, we still all get together pretty frequently. And sometimes like some of those ideas would just happen while we happen to be together. You know, some of the songs on the new album uh, kind of came from us just rehearsing for a couple of one-off shows and it was just these jams that turned into some of these new songs and others like the single that we're releasing Friday, for example, um, this one started out, it was kind of probably in the last few months of us living in that band house together, actually. And probably one of the last songs we, me and Matt made together on that, uh, in that carport. <laughs> so, uh, but some of the ones that we created at past that point, yeah, it was just kind of like, uh, there's some that were just a uh, riff idea that one of the guys sent over and then Matt happened to get some words for it. And then there's some that like uh, just kind of came out of us jamming out together when we did all come together. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> oh, it does. How about just what you're listening to? I mean, obviously that has an effect on what you're playing and how you're playing it. Was there, was there different bands that you were listening to in the last couple of years that kind of inspired this? Have these, has this musical taste always been there, but you're now allowing it to become more prevalent in your music? I, I feel like it's more the latter. Like, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, some of it had to do with what some of the guys were listening to, like with Matt doing his solo country project. I mean, he's always been a big Americana kind of guy. So like, and he'll often, when I'm riding with him or something, I'll end up hearing a song that's more that style that I haven't heard before. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. You know, I, that's not typically my go-to. Like, I'm pretty much a rock and roller at heart. Like, you go through my playlist, it's going to go from 60s all the way to the mid-2000s with all the just rock, hard rock bands. And then, you know, Nathan, he's actually got a, a sensitive side. And he'll sometimes, he'll he'll be listening to uh uh like more sad songs. <laughs> so he's a Michael Bolton so, fan. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about all that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, Oh, Sarah Bareilles is okay. one of his favorites, you know? And like, you know, sometimes uh, when we're on the road on the bus and we all get to drinking and having a good time, Nathan has this tendency to take over DJ and then he gets into some Celine Dion and some pink and <laughs> all different kinds of stuff. You never know what's going to cut. Like, the thing is, is we all like so much different music, like even Kiefer and Malcolm, like they, they like Ma me and Malcolm are, are a little similar as far as like, we got a lot of classic rock and Southern rock roots. And then Kiefer, he, he was always big, like into Alter Bridge and Creed and um, 
that side of rock and he's just a riff writer man like i love everything he comes up with most of the time um but to answer your question about this album i think a lot of it was more deep-rooted stuff because it's this album's got such a vintage feel and i feel like we really like grabbed onto our roots from like bob seeger and like leonard skinner and uh things like that and the Eagles and things like that. And then like, there's also some songs that have a little bit of a Nirvana unplugged type kind of feel to it. So, I mean, it's just all of it to answer your question was probably more the latter, just us reaching back and like digging up like from our roots a little bit. Yeah. I would, I would agree with a lot of that. Like if I was after hearing the first two singles and, then getting the the advanced copy for the you know for the one that's going to be released on Friday, we'll get into that as well. Right. It's kind of like this this black top mojo stew that kind of incorporates Skinner and Seeger and Mellencamp and Blackberry yeah. Smoke, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's really cool. I mean, I, I'm a huge Southern rock fan to begin with, and Americana too as well. Because um, I think it does have a place in rock and roll. Definitely, and it's a definite. Uh, force in rock and roll and again hearing the music i thought it was refreshing because again i always like when an artist steps out of the box and tries to do something different try to go down a path as they're evolving and rock bands should allow their their favorite bands and artists to do that because i think that's important to everybody that's the listener and the people making it hell yeah i couldn't agree more man i mean it's like even red enough is a little different. Like it's got more of that mid two thousands vibe that we all like kind of listened to in high school a little bit. You know, I, I, when we first made it, I was like, Oh man, this has got some incubus vibes to it. I dig it, you know, but, uh, and then like it just, but it still just had our sound to it, if that makes sense. And, uh, I think that was super cool. Like, and we even did the video that way. We wanted the video to kind of look like a, mid two thousands video a little bit the way we were popping in and out of it. So yeah, that's a, it, it's a cool vibe, man. All the different, so all the songs have a different um, familiarity to them, but it's like us doing it. If that makes sense. The new single is as the light fades and yeah. you really pick up on the Southern rock Mellencamp Seeger vibe in the song, mm-hmm. especially with the vocal approach you know, it's kind of like yeah. a mixture between Sweet Home Alabama, Night Moves, and Pink Houses. Hell yeah, um, that's that's yeah. a good that's a good uh, um, way to look at it for sure. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you, you told and it's it's great. It's a it's a very well done song. It, and it, it's it's hard. It was hard in the beginning. You know, going from the last album and stuff that I knew you guys <laughs> in that mode. But once you're in it, it's a fun place to be with Hell yeah. It really is because I think it's, I mean, you guys are all from Texas. A lot of this music, you know, is very popular in that part of the country. So it, it does make a lot of sense too, as well. Right. And it's just got, like you were saying, that Seeger Mellencamp vibe. It, it's got this happy, feel good vibe to it. And like you said, like people aren't used to, to hearing that from us because we got like this like dark and like <laughs> grungy kind of feel to a lot of our music but this this is a very uh like i said we're taking a left turn man <laughs> how do you guys well the, the new album coming out how how are you going to approach the set list because there's going to be a lot of new fans <laughs> There's going to be yeah. a lot of fans that are going to be digging on this stuff that may not know and and those songs that <laughs> previous, you know, and and right. How are you going to how are you going to merge that stuff together? Man, um we always figure out some way like to like kind of like take a, uh the people on a a journey through the different like sounds and styles of each song. So I'm I'm not to, to answer your question, I don't know, but trust me when I say, like, whenever we get together and like piece it all together, it's going to be a a nice picture for everybody to see. <laughs> That's great. What about the changes in the band over the last few years? How has that 
effect or did it have any impact on the direction you guys went in? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Um, so before Chuck was completely out of the band, we had some local shows here in Texas and uh, Kiefer, like it was just easier for us to have him fill in rather than fly Chuck all the way down for a couple of shows and then fly him back and all that. So it was, but it was during those rehearsals where we were getting Kiefer kind of back into it that we made some of these new songs. And we were just like, huh, well, that's interesting. And then, uh, um, it definitely, some of the songs were kind of made, um, before all those changes. Like I think maybe two of them and then the rest of them, like as everything was changing was kind of like being made in the midst of stuff. But because I think of the approach we took where we just had the basic idea of songs and like nobody really made their full on parts until later on after we got the basic structure of each song in the studio, I think it, Yes, it affected it, but it didn't take away from it, you know, if that makes sense. There was there was a lot of transitions that happened and a lot of things going like this throughout these last couple of years. But I feel like everybody kind of had a, a feel of that and like things are starting to kind of level out for everyone. Um, same for us. Things things have just kind of been leveling out ever since we finished this album, you know. Yeah, with... with- the state of music these days, especially in rock music, there is always a lot of changes and there's always, you know, a forced adaptation of your surroundings and, and what you have to go mm-hmm. through and kind of push through, you know, just for yourself, obviously you don't want to speak for anybody, but how's that been for you kind of dealing with this, dealing with these challenges? You always seem to be the guy that kind of just keeps moving forward and keeps pushing forward. Has that ever been difficult for you through all this? Man, uh, honestly, like one of my mottos and kind of like our band's motto has just been adapt and overcome because we've always had different things that come our way altogether. But me individually, yeah, man, I've, <laughs> I've gone through a lot of different changes like the last decade, even like from I think about how I, I first moved to Texas just 10 years ago and how I was going from Tennessee to Texas and then like, from knowing a bunch of people to not knowing hardly anybody and then just like kind of rebuilding myself, meeting new people and getting involved in music around here. And then eventually joining Mojo. It There's <laughs> to be honest, like I'm just so me personally, I'm so used to like having to like adapt and maneuver and like, um, you know, deal with the unexpected that it just, it's uh, just another day in the office, man. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of the approach you have to take these days because. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like years ago when you formed a band and those same four guys more than likely would be there 10 years. There's so many things yeah. in, in different directions these days. And yeah, it's whether it's the revenue generated from the music and the money you guys make and you know, I mean, you look at bands like we mentioned, Blackberry Smoke. I mean, they tour constantly. They're constantly on the road. Yep. I, think they're, I think they do probably about 200 shows a year, 150 to 200 shows a year, possibly more. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have that machine. And a, a mm-hmm. lot of bands either are going in that direction or a lot of bands just do the other side, which is the, you know, 20, 30 dates a year. You know, they have other you know, careers outside of it. So you really mm-hmm. kind of got to make that decision on what you guys want to do as a band and, you know, living with each other and you guys doing what you do and making the music that you, that you did, you, you know, like you said, you just got to keep, you know, adapt and survive. Yeah. Well, and it's like you said, like when we were living together, then in 2021, we all, everybody started getting married and like separating and we all had our own places. And now we, now we all are not living together anymore it's there there's always been different challenges and it it is hard man like to do this as a career because like especially in the beginning you're not going to make anything and like you're you're not going to get a return on your investment immediately like ever in this industry and uh it's just um it's hard for everybody especially with like 
you know, the way like everybody's finances have been, dude, it's just been a lot of people do have to take up second jobs. Like a lot of us, like when we did separate, had to start doing other things. Like me and Matt do started doing a lot more acoustic gigs and I started tattooing and, you know, Nathan's got his side of things he's been doing, managing other artists and things like that. And Kiefer's got his side job. Malcolm's got his thing being done and helping out at home, everything. As far as, you know, with the new music, as far as the band goes and with the new music, are you taking a different approach with going after a different audience? Are you just kind of waiting to see how your audience that exists responds to it? Man, I, I, well, it's a little, it's kind of a little of both. Like, honestly, we, we're happy with how this album turned out. And like, we know that it's going to either people are going to love it or hate it. Like, because it is different because it is, um, a different style, a different approach, like, and a lot of different things. Um, like, yes, it's going to bring new people in that never quite got what we were doing before. I believe that a hundred percent and it already has in a way. And then, um, you know, even, but then like the people that have like been loyal and following us since the beginning, you know, I think either, you know, you're going to have one one or two things. Like either people are going to be like, well, I wish they'd do all the stuff that they were used to doing. And then you're going to have people be like, well, I think it's awesome that they're doing something different. Basically what we've been saying this whole time, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, one, one or the other, man. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Are you getting more interest from bands that maybe, you know, a few years ago that you wouldn't been gotten an opening slot on that tour. Is that opening up a little bit more doors for you? That, that just comes from like us. I don't even think that has anything to do with like the sound or anything we've been making lately. I think it's been more of, we've been grinding and grinding and touring and like for a long time, nobody would mess with us. Nobody wanted to take us as a support slot. Nobody wanted to give us a chance. And like, we just kept touring on our own, even the like, small places that had less than five people some days. And we just kept doing that over the years till like, I think maybe 2019 was when we, uh, I think it was 2019. Maybe we, 
we started to get uh, some opportunities for full tours. Like, you know, we had different things where we did like a couple of dates in the midst of our own tour with other bigger bands, but nobody ever really wanted to give us the main support slot of a whole thing. Right. But it's definitely um, lately been more of a, uh, it's definitely lately been more like people have been uh, checking us out more, like reaching out more wanting to give us that, that slot because we do have a draw of our own. Like we pretty much can play anywhere across the country and we'll at least bring a hundred to 200 people. And that's not like a exaggeration. That's something that we've seen in the last couple of years. We're like, wow, we actually do have people everywhere. And I think that's why we're, starting to get that interest from these other bands to be like, Oh, well, maybe they could fill in those seats that we can't quite get to sell this place out. You know, but the hard thing is, is convincing promoters to, uh, like, you know, spend the money that they need to get a bigger band us. And then maybe another band, you know, or, or something like that. Or, like, it's always, they always want to like take each of them individually and give them their own show. Cause that for some reason they think that's going to, work out better when really you could have one night where the whole place sells out because all three bands are bringing everybody in together, which that tour with Nonpoint, we proved that it was a pretty awesome tour. Like we had significant amounts of people in every show and it's, it's convincing the promoters really to do things like that as well. Not just bands wanting you to be on tour with them. Yeah, no, I, I, I can speak to that because Prior to the pandemic, I forget what album it was. Maybe it was the one previous to that or two previous. I think it was two previous to the to the last album. I saw you guys at the Forge. And mm. I think it was there was another band on the bill, other other side, I think it was. Otherwise. Otherwise. So, otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, the crowd has grown ever since I've seen you guys. I think I've seen you guys three or four other times since then. And every time mm-hmm. there's more people at your shows. And that's always really cool to see. And that's how you do it these days. You put in that grind. You go from city to city. You play wherever you can play. You know, I was mm-hmm. talking to Robert John from Robert John and the Wreck. And mm-hmm. same type of mentality is like, we'll play anywhere. You know, if we get five new fans from a show and that's five more fans than we'd had previous to that. And They'll go and you right. know, and they'll just crisscross the country and keep playing, which unfortunately that's the only way to really do it. You can't do it and just release a single, play ten shows a year and expect to, you know, really become something. Right. And then you got a lot of these bands trying this TikTok mentality where it's like, Oh, if we can just get this one viral thing to pop off, then maybe people will come see us. But what they're finding is just because people like your TikTok video doesn't mean they're gonna come out and see your show. Absolutely. It's not, yeah. I mean, cause you've got artists getting signed now. What, what record labels do is they have, they pay these people 15, 20 bucks an hour to go search social media for TikTok influencers. And, you know, they'll, they'll look at people who have, you know, half a million followers or over a million followers or whatever the number is, but there's no proven correlation between that and ticket sales and and record sales and streaming the music. I mean, you know, the one that comes to mind or the two that really come to mind that have been able to do it. I don't know anyone else who has is um, Grace Bowers in Nashville. You know, she became, you know, internet personality via Instagram, but she's also going out and playing in Nashville every night as a 17 year old, 17, 18 year old, you know, so she's actually doing both, which is good. And then the other one is Sophie Lloyd, who was, who's the guitar player for Machine Gun Kelly, who was in Marissa and she did that too. But outside of that, there's really no correlation of if someone's got a million followers on TikTok and post three things every day, they're going to fill you know, a 3000 seat arena or venue, and then they're going to be able to impact a, a big headliner. There's just, there's just no way to prove that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the thing is like, we've even had these conversations with promoters. It's like the other sick side of the internet is that people can forge their streaming numbers. And I mean, record, it's been proven that record labels even do this, but it's like, you know, there will be these bands that have like 5,000 subscribers and then like they 
pay for advertisements on their video and their video gets millions of views. But it's like that doesn't the math doesn't add up there, you know, like okay, you've got five thousand subscribers, but you got millions of views on the on this video. And then like, you know, a promoter will see the millions of views and then book the band and like less than twenty people show up to a three hundred seat venue. And that doesn't look good. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the, the promoter just lost his ass, you know, yeah. as well. So there's a, we're, it's, it's like Joe Rogan always says, we're in a weird time, man. It's just a weird time. It, it is a weird time. Like there's, <laughs> there's, and I think technology is really the thing that's screwing up because yeah. you, you can have the most, most tech, technological process and uses it, but that doesn't mean really anything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean people are going to come to your show. It doesn't mean people are going to buy your music. They may right. buy one song or they may stream one song, but the whole idea is to keep them there. And right. the only way to really keep them there is to authentically do the grind and and do what's mm-hmm. on the pavement. You know, there's an artist out of Nashville, Tuck Smith, who's one of my favorites. He's been on oh, the show. Yeah. He just did a video called "Take the Long Way," and it's uh-huh. and and you got to read the the cardboard cutouts that they're holding up because yeah. like we need money to buy streams, you know, we right. need money for yeah. followers, you know. It's like yeah, and that's what it's becoming, and mm-hmm. it's just it, it's so ridiculous that you know these big labels because really the industry is not about music anymore; it's more about technology. And when you yeah. think, when you think of the algorithms and you think of the streaming and all that, it's really based around technology. It's no longer based around music. And the thing I always say is, look at look at how we still revere the bands that came before us in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, mm-hmm. and, 80s, and how we still talk yep. about them today. There's a reason yep. why. There's a, and that, because they were actually playing their instruments and actually singing. <laughs> well, that that is one thing, but. But they were allowed to grow. I mean, yep. like they Stairway were. to Heaven, if that was made today, the label would want to have it cut in half or right. else they wouldn't want it on the album. You could do it on an yeah. independent label, but that would never get played on radio. I mean, nothing, rock doesn't get played on radio to begin with. But that's just right. that's the crazy thing is like these labels signed a band not because of followers and not because of the posts they do on the Internet. They, they right. signed because they thought they were good. And they yeah. gave three, four albums to grow and harvest, mm-hmm. you know, them. And that's why they're still talked about today is because they evolved. Yep. They were allowed to evolve. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head, dude. And like, that's that's it, dude. All these legacy bands that we know and love and adore, and you know, in a way idolize. Like, it's literally they were allowed to do that. They were allowed to be creative. They were allowed to just do their thing and they didn't have all this pressure of having this social media presence and this bull crap. It's like, you know, when they would get publicized, it was because people were coming to them because they heard they were an incredible band, not because they had uh, an incredible TikTok video or uh, followed some stupid ass trend, you know, that's going on right now. And yeah, man, I, that's, that's why it's the good day, golden days of rock and roll. That's what it was. You guys are still independent, right? Yes. Yeah. We've we've done like some distribution things, but yeah, we still own all of our music and like we're still just doing it ourselves pretty much. I think that's really the way to go. You know, I mean, I think yeah. I've heard stories where, you know, bands get signed to a deal Mm-hmm. record label you know the used car salesman at the record labels like we love your music we love your sound we want to be partners in your success and then you you put your signature on the dotted line and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. hey you know we want you to do a kanye cover for your album hey we want you to cover uh whatever new pop song and yeah and it's like or else they won't release your album they'll shelve your album if you don't do right. that play ball and it's like well wait a minute you signed me because you liked our songs and now you're telling me that if i don't do a cover of this pop artist you're not you're going to shelve my record like well and and they do stuff like that because they're just trying to make the money they put into your bag or like make some money off of you you know it's it's all a business man and that's yeah. 
as much as like as an artist you want to put your heart and soul into stuff like that at the end of the day when you're dealing with a record label you're dealing with a business they don't give a two craps about your art man they just they believe that your art could make them money otherwise they wouldn't have like you know given you a deal or you know they can use it as a tax write-off when you figured out that reality well first did you know that reality when you got into this business or is this something that was like a little bit yeah i knew a little bit but like not to like it wasn't until we started being approached by these folks that we realized oh you know yeah maybe this isn't like the way to go like (laughs) or whatever and honestly it's it's a good thing that we have people in the band that have more business sense than me because like i'm a when I'm as much of an artist as it comes, man, like, you know, don't throw a math book at me, but like, you know, I'll paint a pretty picture for you. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's just a dangerous game out there. Like, especially like signing anything away, like that, uh, could potentially like do something great for you down in the future. But also again, it's, you just got to understand that these folks are just, uh, a, a business and they're trying to like do business to make money. That's what it's all about for them. Yeah. I think probably the best comment about being independent, I had John Notto from dirty honey on and I asked mm-hmm. him, I said, you know, with all your success, do you ever imagine signing with a label? And he just kind of, sh- you know, shrugged his shoulders. Like, yeah, if it makes sense, he's like, we've got a team that supports us. And mm-hmm. wants to see us succeed. It's not just we're just a a, a number. Or we're not just a you know we're we're Group B or Band C or whatever it is. You know we have invested interest from the people around us that you know work for the invested band. Invested interest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, man. If you've got the people behind you with the capital to push and do whatever the heck you want to do with it, then you've got the whole world in front of you. You can even get a number one hit on radio because yeah. as radio is also a business that, that costs money and uh that's all they're that's all they're after but you know you look at you know blacktop mojo being independent you know mm-hmm. you guys still maintain the vision you have right i mean you don't have anybody yeah that which no you can't really put a dollar on what that's worth because you no know, you can't once you give that up, then it's no longer your vision or just your vision. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, that's the thing is it's, it's still our baby. It's still our creation. And we always intend to keep it that way. You know, how do you feel about where the band is on the verge of releasing this album with the three singles that you have, you know, reflecting on where you've come from? Are you happy where? you and the band are at at the in current day i i'm proud of where we're at i am i happy with it yes but i still see us going a lot farther and that's kind of where uh i set my sights on like you know i i'm lear- my biggest lesson in the last um really six months is like enjoying the success that we do have, like enjoying the fruits of the labor that we have made, but not keeping uh, or not taking away from keeping my eyes set on the bigger things that lie ahead as well. But the biggest thing for me has been enjoying what we currently have, even though like in my heart, it's like uh, there's, there's another step we got to take. There's another level we got to reach. This album that's about to come out, how would you describe it? Well, we, we called it pollen because down here in East Texas, once it's springtime comes around, it's just like the pollen bursts out everywhere and it's just covering every little thing and it's sticking on everything and all over your car. And uh, that's kind of the hope for it is that it just kind of like sticks everywhere. I would say this album is definitely the most different to this date. It's more of a vintage feel like i've said earlier and uh i guess more of organic is the word i would describe it as 
just like just like pollen and like making honey, I guess, organic. And what's next for you guys? You, know, you got the single coming out on on Friday, and yep. the album I believe comes out in April. Yeah, it uh, drops April fifth, and then pretty much a couple of weeks after it drops, we're going on the New World Samurai tour with uh, Clutch and the Native Howl, and that's going to go from April twenty sixth till I think the end of May, mm-hmm. and it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be sick we're stoked there's already a few shows already sold out um and we get to play some really cool places uh, like the caverns in tennessee the stanley hotel those those shows are sold out um getting to go back to the queen which we played there in 2018 i think with blackstone cherry but we haven't been back since but we're going back there with clutch and native how and that show is also sold out up in delaware uh couple of places in Colorado we get to uh check out and uh it's it's gonna be a great tour. It's it's uh all over the place a little bit. Get to go back to Florida a couple of places. That's always hard to hit on different runs, but uh we're going back there and yeah man, it's gonna be a great time. We're stoked. Clutch is if you wanna talk about a band that's grown their audience organically for you know yeah that is like independent yeah 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 man they really are dude it's that's we're we're really stoked to like uh get to know those guys and like uh watch them do their thing man because like they just have a massive organic following they've built over the years and their fans are like just die hard and we love that and uh yeah it's gonna be amazing to see that every night other than that, is there anything that's on in the works? Can you talk about anything else? Or, um, Well, we do have this festival we're playing in August up in Montana. So we get to go back to Montana this year for the first time in a while. And uh, we're playing this festival uh, the day we're playing, I believe. Well, uh, the headliners of the entire festival are Stone Tool Pilots and Smash Mouth and, uh, and the Wallflowers. Those are the big headliners of the three days. And, uh, and they got like all different kinds of bands. So like my friends in Smile Empty Soul are going to be there. Um, uh, Hoobastank, which I mean, I was kind of like, what? <laughs> I've heard of Hoobastank since high school. What the heck? Man? That's awesome. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, but we also got some stuff behind the curtain. We're working on around that and uh, different things for this year. But so you just got to kind of stay tuned to the socials and to what we post and uh, find out. Is that the Big Sky Festival in Montana? Uh, it's Rockin' the Rivers, I believe. Okay. I know there's a couple yeah. of different festivals. I've always wanted to go see a festival out there because I heard I had a friend that went to a festival there a few years ago. And he mm-hmm. said the backdrop with the mountains in the back and everything is like. Oh, man. Absolutely I can't fun. even imagine. I can't yeah. even imagine. You gave me a chill thinking about it. I was like, ah, yeah. It's going to be great. I'm excited to go back to Montana. Yeah. I mean, Montana is like a really cool state because it's, it's, it's almost like a different country. They have their own rules up in Montana. Dude, yeah. You know, hundred percent, man. Yeah. And it's like, it's still the wild to, west out there, dude. Right. Like, like people, people carry guns there and they'll use them. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, and, uh, and <laughs> yeehaw. there's a lot of people that, from what I understand, uh, you know, that go missing and are never found. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, empty land out there, man, that hadn't been touched by man, but is only only natural out there. But and, yeah. and you know, factor in that weeds legalized there. I mean, it's you know, it's actually. I'm always down with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, cat. I know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that about me. <laughs> Well, hey, man, it's been a blast talking with you. Love the new stuff. Likewise. You know, Thanks, for anyone man. that's hesitant and doesn't know where this is going, embrace it. It's really good. It's it's a great uh, change of direction for the band. The band is evolving. We want our artists to, to evolve. We want our favorite bands to evolve, and they are doing it. So give us some listens. It may take a, a listen or two for you to really connect with it, but it's well worth it if you do. So, Thanks again. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. No, thank you for having me, brother. And it was great talking to you again.
All right, man. Once again, that is Matt Curtis, better known as Cat from Blacktop Mojo. Check out their new single, As the Light Fades, on Friday, and also their other singles, too, that they've released. And look out for that album that comes out in April. So, And also check tour dates. All their information will be in the show notes. So when you're done listening, just click on the links, and it'll bring it to their socials and their webpage. Once again, I'm Jay Scott. This has been another episode of The Hook Rocks. Take care of each other, stay safe, and we will talk soon. Thank you. All the days run away like a wild horse tumbling over the hills And the night drop around me like a two-thin blanket that won't keep out the chill All the spot in your eyes burn a hole right through me and it's one I'll never feel I'd be dead and gone if looks could kill could kill Yeah, the lamp lights fading through the window pane like a memory of a time And the dark road ahead looks a little bit brighter when you're running for your life All the spot in your eyes burn a whore right through me and it's one I never feel It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.